What I want to do is I want to talk about the strength of the church. Someone say strength. strength. The strength of the church. And I want to bring four metaphors. Four metaphors about the church. Excuse me. I really want to go without the handheld mic. So, um, testing, testing. One, two. Are we good? Good, good, good. Yay! It works. Good. Y'all got to get that mic out of my hand. I get preachy. I want to I wanna be free today. All right. So um, four metaphors of the local church. Um, how many people brought your Bibles today? Good. You bought your Bibles. How many people bought your heart? Yeah. Bought your heart. Uh, that's your hand. I said your heart. You, you got to do something. Show me your heart. Show me your heart. How many people ready to laugh and have a good time? Good, good, good. All right, all right. No tight butts today. Let's listen. listen. Y'all good? We ready? Online, you ready? All right. So number one, the first metaphor is it's a house. It's a house. Psalm 26, 8, the NIV says this. You can look on the screen. Uh, It says this here. Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. Right. So, so the church, this is so good. The church is a, a people that meets in a place. If you've been in the kingdom of God long enough, um, there, there's a, a debate going on in, in the kingdom uh, between Christians about, well, the church isn't a building. It's the body of believers. All right. Well, where do the body of believers meet? They meet in Buildings. All right. They, they meet in buildings. Even, even with Moses, as they were going through the, the wilderness, uh, as they left Egypt, they met at the tabernacle. Right. They met in Solomon's temple. The early church, 2,000 years ago, after Christ ascended into heaven, the church met at Solomon's colonnade. So it, it's a house. It's not just a people, it's also a place. In Highlight, uh, your church has moved various places over the past nine years. We started out in uh, my mother-in-law's living room. It was eight of us, and we would gather around a round table, and we had a small flat-screen TV, and I would cast vision, and you know, I would just share and dispense the things that the Lord had put on my heart for the team and for the city that we were moving to. And then we moved from Florida and New York and we converged here in Gaithersburg and we went from there to the community center right there next to Gaithersburg High School, Boar Park. And then the, the, the family grew a little bit bigger. We went from eight people to 19 people after our interest meetings. I can't wait for Frederick interest meetings. After the interest meetings, we went from eight to 19. And then we moved to the youth center down the street. And we had our first super steps at the youth center, 24 superheroes uh, at the youth center. Then we went from the youth center and we started hosting public worship services at Shady Grove middle school 120 people showed up on the first Sunday and the second Sunday 43 people showed up and then from there we, we kept we kept growing and we went from Shady Grove middle school and the Lord opened up this opportunity right before the pandemic because the family kept growing and we we added one service and two service and three and we went to four services and the family just keeps growing now we're going to add a new room 30 minutes away from here to the house Highlight Church Frederick because we're making room for people to find hope 
and to find community and to find the Lord and to find purpose and to find clarity. Someone say it's a house. It's a house. If you're taking notes, it's a place where we pray. Man, Saturday morning prayers have been amazing. Yesterday, there was the sweetness of God's presence in this place, the miracles, the breakthroughs. Yesterday, it's a place of prayer. Go ahead and write this down. It's a place of worship. It's a place of worship. It's a place where we get to lift our hands and extend our heart and extend our gratitude and have an encounter with the living God, the eternal God. It is a place of encouragement. We hear the word of God. We get truth in our hearts. We get corrected. We get inspired. We get vision. We get dreams. We leave encouraged. We leave strengthened. It's, encur- it's a place where we connect, right? It, it, it's a house. Someone say it's a house. Number two, it's a home. The Bible says it's a home. It's a home. And, and I thank the Lord for every single superhero here. We call uh, volunteers superheroes. You don't have to do what it is you do, but you do it. Yeah. And I thank the Lord for you. You show up when it's hot. And you show up when it's cold. And you show up when you're hurting. And you show up when you're confused. You show up when you're scared. And you show up and you put yourself second. And you put our guests first. You show up. Come on now. That's, that's what you do. And I, I, I thank God for you. I thank God for you. You reach out to me. You reach out to my wife. You reach out to, to, to my kids. And, and you text us. Hey, Pastor, we love you. And, and we're thinking about you. And we support yeah. you. And we for you. But guess what? I know you're going through stuff, too. That's right. Right? Some of you guys have just had newborn babies. But you're, you're here. Right? Some of you have a, you just had great loss. But you're here. You're serving. You're putting other people first. You're making the house of God into a home into a home and it's your excellence man you you guys are beautiful people you're excellent people you're educated you're handsome you're beautiful you're gorgeous you're good looking you're smart you're resourceful you're leaders you you make this house a home right it's your prayers it's your faith sometimes the guy who has the greatest faith isn't the one with the microphone It's when it's when you stop by on the way out and you pray for me and I see you praying for other people and I see you bringing your family members to the connect here counter because they just gave their lives to Jesus. That that inspires my faith. Right. You guys make this place a home. It's 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 a place where those who are discouraged can find a home. Many of you have came in here suicidal, ready to put in the divorce papers, ready to quit on life. But a superhero came alongside you and told you it was going to be okay. Right? It was in a light group. Someone prayed for you. And you received breakthrough. What, what, What did you experience? You experienced the warmth of a home that Jesus is building. Jesus said in Matthew, he says, I build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The word hell means death. And death is always seeking to tear your life down. Right? I have seen death destroy families. The word death means separation. Right? So when you die, here it is. If you're not in Christ, the reason the word death even exists is because if you die in your sins and you're not in Christ and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord, you are then separated from the presence of God forever. That is death. And Jesus said, so I build my church. I build the people. 
and the gates of death will not overcome them. As long as you're rooted and planted in a healthy local church, death cannot overcome you. Right. That's that's what Jesus is saying. But so a lot of you, when you came through these doors in any healthy local church, whenever you come through the doors, death is just right here hanging on your neck. And so when you come into a healthy local church, God has anointed that church to take the spirit of death off of you so that you would walk in freedom and new life. And what happens is when you receive prayer and you get into the word of God and you worship and you get connected in community, death begins to loosen up its grip. And so we just thank God that Jesus didn't just leave us with the Holy Spirit, but he also left us with the church. He also left us with the church, albeit the church is full of imperfect people. I always encourage people, don't look for a perfect church. Um... If you find one, let me know. I would love to leave my church and attend that one. So that when I step in there, I can make it imperfect. Because as soon as I step in, that's what I'm going to automatically do. I would love to find a church where I never get hurt at. Love to find it. I would love to find a church that where I do get hurt, as soon as I get hurt, I leave. Mm. As opposed to talking things out and being an adult and going to the person who offended me, like Jesus said, you talk to them one-on-one. If they don't hear you out, bring a brother or sister in Christ. If they don't hear you out, bring the brother and sister and bring church leadership. Then Jesus said, now if you can't reconcile, kick them out. But Jesus never said, oh, man, I found this amazing church. You know how, how it is when you like find that guy or that girl and you're so infatuated with them. Like they can't do no wrong. They're like, oh, they fine. They funny. They handsome. They're everything you ever prayed for. And then before you know it, they do some human stuff. And you're like, oh, snap, you're a human. I thought you were like a perfect AI. You never hurt me. It's the same thing with a new church that you love. It's great. The music is dark. It's, it's lights. It's dark. It's lights. It's dark. It's, it's all of it. They got lights and it's dark. The preaching's good. The worship's awesome. The Bible's taught. And then, bam, you get hurt. But how many of you know that in a healthy home, you get hurt? In a healthy home, you get a good old whooping. You get some punishment. Some time out. Some sit down. Some go to bed early. Yep. Some no phone. Some no TV. Come on now. No game. That's right. Okay. Come on now. In a healthy home, you get some discipline. You get hurt. Just as long as it's not toxic and it's not killing you. Come on. You're okay. Someone say I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Right, because I'm going to tell you right now, you become a superhero, a team leader is going to cross you. Yeah. <laughs> a staff member go cross you. I'm going to say something up here. I'm going to cross you. 
But then you have to zone in and say, hold on. Did God call me here? Did God call me here? Because the other side of that coin is that you've crossed somebody too. Yes, so in a right, so in a home, I'm not looking for perfection. I, I love my kids to death. Jay, I know you're probably watching. I love you to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judah, you might be watching. You're probably playing Minecraft. But <laughs> and you should be watching. But every single day they do something that annoys me. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm called to be their father. God, God, come on out. God has, when when God has called you to be somewhere, you don't have liberty to just leave when you want, right? Because he'll first call you to work it out before and if you do leave, because if you leave hurt, guess what you're going to do at the next place? You're going to hurt somebody and you're going to walk around with an offended spirit. Oh, I've been hurt. I've been hurt. But I don't know if the goal is to find a church that submits to my desires. As much as the goal and the call is to submit to God within the church he's called me to serve. Because there's an inner growth that he's building in. And another thing, please don't church hop. You don't live in two homes. Well, I like the preaching over here. I like the worship over here. I like, I like this guy over here because he got a PhD in Master of Divinity. Wow. I like this guy. He's a little too young. Jeez. He's he's young and black. Jeez. I like the old middle-aged white guy. No, I like the middle-aged Asian guy. <laughs> oh, they got women that preach. Now I like the young black man who's hip and cool. Stop. Yes. Someone say stop. stop. Someone say stop. stop. Someone say stop. stop. Because you're being led by your flesh. <clears throat> it's a home. It's a home. And guess what? I got two parents. Their names are Gloria and Herbert. And I didn't always choose them. But God chose them for me. They were my parents. There's nothing that can change that. And when God calls you to a place, take it up with him first. It's a home. Someone say it's a home. It's a home. home. Let me encourage you. God is not unfair. Hebrews 6. He will not forget the work you did or the love you showed for him and the help you gave and are still giving to other Christians. So so what is what is the what is the priority It's to serve where God has called you to serve. It's to make that home, that church better because God has a reward for your life. Number three, it's a pillar. It's a pillar. Okay. Here it is. First Timothy. Everyone okay? God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth, the pillar. So what is a pillar? If you're taking notes, a pillar is something that holds up a superstructure. Okay, so you have the foundation and then you have like these these pillars. They're holding up the ceiling. They're holding up the roof. The Bible says that the church, you and I, we are the foundation and the pillar of the truth. Now, who or what is the truth? The truth is Christ. 
Jesus said this. He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. All right? And what I love about Christ is that he saves us in our imperfection. And God chooses broken vessels to hold up the truth. He chooses broken people, right, to hold up the truth. I remember as a 19-year-old, I've been following Christ almost 18 years. And I was lost, um, confused, uh, insecure, filled with lust and every type of deceit. And so I was invited to a Bible study of six people because Jesus says where two or three gather, there I am in the midst. Megan did a phenomenal job about teaching about the rhythm of gathering last Sunday. And so the nature of the church is to gather. The word church, if you're taking notes, is ecclesia. Mm -hmm. And it means the called out ones who gather in the name of Christ. So you are not the church alone. We're only the church when we gather. And so there's a gathering of about six people. And I've been attending for about a month this amazing Bible study. And on this particular evening, the truth pierced my heart. So much so to the point where I finally made the decision to give my life to Jesus. And it was at that point where everything began to change. Because I was no longer living a lie. But I had discovered not a truth and we're now currently in a generation that are just seeking, is that a truth? Is that a truth? I'll put it in my pocket. Oh, that's a great truth. Let me get that truth. Let me get, let me get that truth. Oh, that's an amazing truth. That's an amazing truth. And they're all, if they're not Christ, they're all lies. That's right. So once you find Christ, you find the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the Bible just taught us in 1 Timothy that the pillar of truth is the church. Wow. The pillar of truth is you and I. The crazy thing about this dynamic is that we are all imperfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that's why I love that home point. Because when I come to a church, if I'm broken, the last thing I'm looking for is a perfect person. That's the last thing I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm looking for someone who has my same testimony. Yeah. Right. Do, do you uh, riddle me this? Who do we run to when we've committed the greatest sin in our mind that we ever think we've committed? The church. Who do we run to when we need prayer? The church. Who do we run to when we lose a loved one? The church. Who do we run to when we want to get married? Most normal people. The church. Because we be doing some stuff that ain't of God. Who do we run to when we want to bury someone we love? The church. We run to the church. And the church is full of broken people whom God has filled with grace to restore you when you need grace. And so... It's a pillar of truth. It's a pillar of grace, and it's a pillar of strength. As a matter of fact, when Moses was constructing a particular altar, God told Moses, he said, I don't want perfect stones. I don't want their edges to be smooth. I don't want squares. 
I don't want rectangles. I want imperfect stones. Yeah. He said, change nothing about the stones. Mm-hmm. Put it all together, and that's going to be the altar Jesus. that my presence dwells on. Jesus. We represent those imperfect stones oh, wow. that the wow. presence of God wow. dwells on, and we uphold his glory. Because our imperfect lives points to the truth of who Jesus is. We all know where and who we would be without Christ. And he said, I don't want perfect stones. There's only one perfect stone, and he's the chief cornerstone. But I want to build something glorious through you. Because they out there, if they come in here and we're all perfect, there's no room for them. So we're a pillar who says, yeah. I've been through that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm reading my Bible, but I'm still addicted. Yeah, mm-hmm. Come on. yeah I, I pray and I fasted for 21 days, but I still doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have anger issues. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And then the lost ones can come out there and say, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. This is the truth because God's grace is on you. Yeah. I go through those same things and I never knew I could get close to God. Mm-hmm. But because I see you and because I see them... Yeah. I know that God is accessible. I know he's accessible. It's the pillar of truth. It's a pillar of strength. Write that down. It's a pillar of strength. Mm, and I encourage you, you, you got to, if you're married, men, hear me out. Root your marriage in a healthy local church. Root it in the kingdom. Root your kids in the kingdom. I, I was having uh, dinner yesterday while I was eating my beans, and uh, <laughs> Jay had a chicken at Epo with cheese. <laughs> and he was saying, Dad, I'm, I'm so sorry you can't eat meat. I'm like, do you want to get grounded? Do you, do, you, do you want like a Bruce Lee kick to the cheek? Do you want... Do you want this? And I said, no need to apologize, son. And I, I had a moment. I felt it was a teaching moment. I said, no need to apologize. Um, your prayers and your fasting is between you and Christ. Because the last thing I want to do as a pastor is as they grow up, I lose them. Because we're forcing the traditions of man on them. You don't have to fast. You don't have to pray. You don't have to read your Bible. Son, you don't even have to come to church. You get to do all those things. But I just straight up told him, the call of your mother and I is to create an atmosphere and to set an example. And as we set the example and create the atmosphere, there's going to be something in you that wants what it is we have. And so I think he was speaking from a place of conviction because we are fasting and seeking God. And in his heart, he typically joins us on the fast. So what you have to do as a parent and just as a Christian in general, you don't have to force people to Christ. You just simply have to live for him and create the atmosphere. And so what the Holy Spirit is going to do, the Holy Spirit is then going to get on the inside of them, on the inside of mom, on the inside of dad, on the inside of child. And he's going to begin to mess with them a little bit. 
because it would behoove me to grow a big, successful, impactful church, but lose my two boys in the process. So, son, you don't have to do it. But you do have the opportunity to know the living God as long as you're under my roof. So root your family in church. As a matter of fact, go ahead and write this down. The greatest practical decision, write the statement down as we close. Come on up, worship team. The greatest practical decision that you can ever make in life is to plant yourself in a healthy local church. I'll say it again. The greatest practical decision that you can ever make in life. Oh, Pastor, I thought it was working out. Nope. That's a tent that you dwell in. You should take care of it. But we hear stories all the time. Oh, man, she had a perfect diet, perfect workout plan, and she passed away last night. She was 30 years old because it's a tent. Uh, I, th- I thought it was like making money and finding my career and my purpose. That doesn't matter either. Oh, they were millionaires, billionaires. 28 years old, died last night. 45 years old, in the middle of her prime, died last night. That ain't the greatest thing you can do. That's temporary stuff. It's important. It's not evil. But the greatest practical decision you can make is to plant yourself, watch this, in the only thing that Christ is coming back for. In the only thing that will last for eternity. I didn't say highlight church, but in a healthy local church. So what's Vision Sunday? That's Vision Sunday. It's getting your life rooted in what matters. And I'm not even saying this church. Matter of fact, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. Because you're just going to slow down what God is doing. But please get somewhere. Yes, absolutely. Where Jesus is building. Come on. Where you can learn truth and walk in grace and walk in purpose and walk in calling. And yeah, I just buried my father, but in his honor, he would used to say things like, (laughs) so he passed away when he was 86. During the last decade of his life, he would used to say things like, um, Son, I admire you a lot because of how much you love three things. He said, the Lord, the Bible, and the church. And he said, I wish when I was in my 20s, I would have found a good church. And I would have grown. And I would joke with him all the time. I said, well, Dad, if you did that, I would have been born. He had 24 of us. So if he would have got his life right, I wouldn't have came. You see the grace? See the grace of God? You see that? Imperfect stones. You know? But don't don't be that. Don't be, don't go into your next decade of life wishing you would have given Christ your heart. And you, you would have planted yourself in the middle of what he's building. That's the vision. We can talk about locations and 2020 and leadership and finances. We, we, you know we're going to do that. We've got a whole year to do all that. But what I came to talk to you about today is you and the church. But in order for you to be engrafted into the church, you must first be in Christ. 
And that's the greatest decision you can make is to accept the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God and then be born into the universal church. And after that decision, the Holy Spirit calls you to plant yourself in a healthy local church so that his plan for your life can prevail. That's right. That's okay. Good. You ever met someone that said, uh, I don't do organized religion? <laughs> you just got to go to YouTube for that, right? Like Instagram. <laughs> I don't do organized religion. <laughs> I want to say you do do organized religion because you do know that the word religion means routine. So let's talk about it. Are you going to work tomorrow? Yeah. Do you believe in a paycheck? Yeah. Okay, we're done with this argument. You do believe in organized religion. I love this side. Number four, it's an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere. Someone say atmosphere. atmosphere. Psalm 92 CEV. I'll get us out of here in three minutes, okay? Good people will prosper like palm trees, and they will grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. Here it is. This is key. Here it is. They will take root in your house, Lord God. Yes. And they, here are three benefits. I got three more benefits. Megan had three. I got three more. Here it is. They will do well. Yes. They will be like trees that, number two, stay healthy. Yes. yes. And fruitful even when they are old. Yes, yes. Three, three, three benefits of staying planted in a healthy local church. And I don't know anyone that doesn't want this. <laughs> this is the word of God. Not a human construct. I didn't make this idea up. This is the Lord. He said, I promise you're going to do well. Number two, you're going to stay healthy spiritually, mentally. You're going to have a, the right perspective for life. Your life's going to be built on faith and godly values. You're going to stay healthy. And number three, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to find fulfillment in making a difference for the Lord. That's fruitfulness, right? A tree produces fruit for others, not for itself. So when you plant yourself in the church, the Holy Spirit helps you to discover your purpose. So that you can find joy and fulfillment in impacting the world for Jesus Christ. So you're going to do well, you're going to stay healthy, and you're going to be fruitful. And I want to dip this on you. The Holy Spirit is moving on me. I got to share this with you. We're going to have quick turnaround teams. Just be ready, okay? I'm going to share this. And following Christ for 18 years, another thing that the Lord is going to do, it doesn't say this in the text, but it says it all throughout Scripture. God wants to give you dreams and visions. For your life. Amen. He wants to speak to you about your current situation, but he also wants to speak to you about your future. And another cool thing that the Lord will do, and he did. Can y'all, can you believe uh, I had an encounter last night with someone I love dearly in the spiritual realm? I don't mean to get deep. I just want to encourage your heart. Yeah. Would you imagine who visited me last night at 6 a.m. in a dream? My dad. My dad came to see me. Can I tell you about it? Yeah. He, he came to see me. Oh, man. No funny stuff, but he was fine. He was good looking. He was so good looking. He was dressed to the nines. He looked so good. Because in the casket, he didn't look good at all. I mean, he was smiling. But, you know, when, when, when you're passed away, you're not who you were. He was perfect. So we were in a, in a, big, in a big building. 
And um, there was two escalators, one going up, one coming down. And in Jacob's story, you got to go and read it. The stairs in Jacob's ladder, Christ said, I am the stairs. And the Bible says in Jacob's story that angels were descending up and down from heaven. Right? When Jacob saw the ladder. So it was a lot of people, two escalators. A girl said, hey, come, come, come up, come up. And so I went on the escalator. I went up. And Chris and my good friend Kevin was there in the vestibule. And I turned and I dapped them up. I said, hey, good to see you guys, man. How y'all doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. And I, as I was dapping them up, I backed up into someone's body. Like, it, it's, Jason, tell me, can you feel, can you feel this? This ain't, no, this was a real dream. Can you feel that embrace? Yes. It, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, dad was like 6'5". Yeah. <laughs> So it's like he enveloped me, and I turned around, and he was smiling, and I said, Dad? And all I could think to ask him, because the last interaction I had with my father, he was on life support. We were in Ohio, and the doctor said, we've done all we can do. Should we pull the plug? And I said, well, before you pull the plug, can you put the phone to his ear? Because they say the last thing that goes is hearing. And so we had our final words with him. I never saw my dad when he passed away. So I said, Dad. I said, the only thing I could think to ask him is, how are you? And I mean, he had some nice khakis, some brown dress shoes, this light pink shirt, this, this salt and pepper beard. He's looking good. He was looking good. He was doing great. He said, son, I'm well. And I'm resting. And I just turned around, got on my knees, and I started crying. That was 6 a.m. this morning. I felt him. I saw him. The Lord allowed him to leave heaven for just a moment to let me know that I'm doing better than you. (laughs) That's why you root yourself in the church. That's why you root yourself in Christ. Because it's only in him that we find the hope of eternal life. It's only in him that when we exit this life, we enter into heaven. And this is why you build the church. Because this is the only thing that when you meet Christ that he's going to reward you for. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. Everything you build outside of church does not matter to the Lord. You won't be rewarded for it. What you do here, the prayers, the love, the grace, the building within the body of Christ is what will be rewarded in eternity. And God doesn't miss that. Can I pray for you? All right, Father, we love you today. We give you honor and glory and praise. I thank you for every single person in this room. God, we thank you for the hope of eternity. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. God, we thank you that you are a God of restoration, fresh starts, and new beginnings. We love you today. Thank you for the local church. In Jesus' name, amen.